NXT review. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Oh, so tired. It's the final day of WrestleMania week. It's time. It's time. It's NXT time. <laughs> Finally, on a Tuesday, with my minimal energy, I'll be going through the NXT review for their debut on Tuesday. And as a British person, keeping up from WrestleMania week, I am extremely thankful that NXT is on a Tuesday. Long term, it's going to be great. But for this review, <laughs> my eyes are half closed. <laughs> um, don't let that mistake for the fact that this was a solid episode of NXT. I really enjoyed it. It was the exactly what you'd want WrestleMania to be. Like, nothing crazy, really. You just got a few setups. You got a few... But the main point was momentum carryover. And the only guy who like, won at a takeover and kind of slipped up in momentum was Santos Escobar. But his character is a bit more fine to do that, for example, than... Damien Priest, who on the main roster is still trying to make Santos Escobar had already been made and certified and then he slips up because he gets over cocky. That's, that's fine, that's different. But this felt like a celebration and uh, the debut of NXT on a Tuesday as well. It was it was a lovely show. It was lovely. It was lovely. It's not accidentally sound drunk while saying it. It was lovely. A, lo a lovely. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting review. Maybe a short one. But... I'm going to kick off talking about the image that I've got next to me, which is that way. The uh, new NXT Women's Champion, Raquel Gonzalez, came out for a segment. A big old hero's welcome with the uh, steam on stage kind of eclipsing her as she holds the title up high. Uh, like how we ended TakeOver on night one. A similar image of her coming out and cheering. To go to Kai bringing her out. And uh, she made sure to thank Dakota Kai for all that she's done into as a believing in her. Sam the best, welcome to the chat, Sam the best. Uh, but yeah, Dakota Kai, uh, sorry, Raquel Gonzalez coming out, bigging up her drive to get there. Uh, and uh, talking about how on the debut of NXT in the USA that she was told she wasn't ready. And now look at her as NXT Women's Champion. And yeah, in thanks to Dakota Kai, who I, for some reason I really can't say her name tonight because I was so tired after video <laughs> announced it. But Raquel Gonzalez's era is just beginning when the lights went down and Taya Valkyrie makes her debut, now known as Frankie Monet. Uh, she has arrived in NXT. A stacked NXT roster becomes even more so. And uh, yeah, she'll be seeing the champion every Tuesday. I, I like the Spanglish pro uh, promo between the two of them. It immediately kind of like established a connection between them before, without having to go really too far into it. And personally, I really liked that. It was uh, it was a really smooth way to do so. And I, uh, yeah, kind of applaud them for that, finding such an easy way to immediately establish that. And you, you see me quite often from Taya Valkyrie. And uh, yeah, the threats from Gonzalez, don't you do anything to that good boy, Raquel. <laughs> that dog is innocent. <laughs> don't you do anything to him. Uh, yeah, it was a, a nice little intro to Frankie Monet. Uh, we'll see her doing the wrestle. She is good. Again, a stacked NXT roster. It's becoming even more so. And next week we're getting Survey's debut as well. It's like, my God, that division. <laughs> oh, it's insane. When, after 
I started with the when and went in there hard. <laughs> Let's drag it back a bit. Funky Monet and kind of slids away. Then, <laughs> Rayo Ripley's music played and the new War, War Women's Champion pops on in for a quick hello. And it's like, ooh, this segment's he- heating up quite a bit. It's uh, Rayo Ripley's here, the Raw Women's Champion. It's, isn't that big? A nice hug between the two champions, the former rivals on NXT. When, and the rivalry... It seemed to have a bit of respect in the We Are Two Monsters going at each other kind of level. Like a respect was born from their wars together. When Bianca Belair comes out. <laughs> it's like, oh, a whole NXT celebration with our three new champions. And uh, Bianca Belair from like the massive main event of uh, night one of WrestleMania turns up in NXT as well. And the three of them in the ring harken back to a photo from their developmental days together. And just like, oh, how lovely. How lovely. <laughs> it's a, a lovely little moment in the middle of NXT. I mean, it's, uh, somebody pointed out that, it might have been Vine Satin actually, who pointed out that this might be similar to like, back in 2011, where there's that photo with like, Cody, Evan Bourne, CM Punk, Beth Phoenix, like, all, Kofi Kingston, all with their titles in a photo. Uh, this might be like the post-WrestleMania photo for like that for this era. It's like, look at those champions. These was the champions of the day. Isn't that cool? And yeah, this might be something similar. And it was just a really nice segment. And that's what I meant by this felt like a celebration. Where we just, yeah, the big kind of crowning moment for Raquel Gonzalez. And then the big guns from the main roster also came down to celebrate and go, and go pretty much just go like, look, we did it. And I personally, it was lovely. <laughs> it was lovely. But like, I'm not somebody where in NXT, I don't really need like the like 100% kayfabe because it's NXT. Like it's midway point between developmental and an actual show, so they've built a world where this can happen. Perfectly fine with it, but yeah, this was lovely and a lovely little moment. And uh, this is again, it's set. It happened in the middle of the show, but it did set the tone for the rest of it, where it was just that feeling of a mixture of like celebration from takeover and just carrying on momentum from it as well. I get this is exactly what Monday Night Raw should have been. Is <laughs> what this show was. It had just a lovely momentum carryover where you're just like, it was WrestleMania at the weekend, wasn't that wasn't that nice? It's like it was nice, wasn't it? Let's revel in it for a night. That's it, yeah. You don't have to overthink it. <laughs> Do anything crazy. Uh, yeah. But this yeah, this episode of NXT was a really enjoyable celebration. And that's kind of, that'll be like my mini sentence review for it. Uh, the debut on Tuesdays wasn't anything like massive or crazy. It was just a nice celebration of the previous week. And kind of building up a little bit to move on next. Like carrying on stories that were already happening. Kind of just zooming them along a little bit. But yeah, it's a... Uh, again, it's not going to be an episode which... is The numbers that have come out literally just before I've come live. That they're in the 800,000s. Which is about 200,000 or so higher than normal. So that's, that's, that's good to see. Like night one, the numbers are immediately higher. NXT very rarely got into those 800,000s. And night one, they immediately are. Yes, it's the week after WrestleMania. But, yeah, yeah, good for them. Good for them. Anyway, we're going to go through the show in order. We're going to bash through it. This could be a very quick review because, as I said, it was just a lovely episode. Some things happened, but there's not really a lot to analyse and jump into, really. Just because it was an enjoyable, enjoyable hour and a half for me because I'm English. I don't have to watch it at a two-hour speed. <laughs> no, when they cut to the picture-in-picture, picture, I wind through that because I don't have much time. <laughs> Look how tired I am. <laughs> I'm not watching picture-in-picture. Picture. Can I even see it? <laughs> so, we kicked off NXT with the new NXT champion, Karrion Cross, 
Uh, strong words from our new champion to open the show, uh, daring anyone to take him on, because like, how can a champion like him ever be defeated? Well, he would out-train, out-wrestle the hardest-working locker room of talent that there is. And personally, the reason I really liked this promo was that he put over the entire NXT locker room and saying the reason I am so incredibly good is because I'm going to out-wrestle the best roster there is. And he's putting over his character as somebody who likes to challenge himself like that. And a character like that just automatically puts everybody over. <laughs> so good stuff there. Good stuff. Yeah, personally, really into the carrying cost stuff. And I... Uh, I mean, as a character, it's, it's weird because... He's not the guy you're going to go out there and get your amazing five stars, classic-y kind of thing. But he's perfect for WWE. His character is just... Um, it just emits kind of exactly what you could picture WWE want in a kind of main event level guy. And I, I thought that on the indies, and I think it even stronger now that some, like Triple H has now had his hands on him. I think the exact same thing as well. Like, yeah, he screamed he'd do well in WWE. Uh, the only risk being that he comes with uh, Scarlet Bordeaux, and we know what Vince is like. <laughs> it's just Triple, and Triple H doing a pretty good job of using Scarlet Bordeaux, but she's not stealing the focus. We know what Vince is like. That's my main worry with the main roster. Cross, as a character, is fantastic. Scarlet Bordeaux really lends to him as well, but we know what Vince is like in leaning a bit too much on the uh, side character. Uh, well, uh, onto like, the manager. He leans a bit too much sometimes. We've seen it with different characters. We'll see how it goes with... Well, it's not Killer Cross. <laughs> I forgot his name. Carrion Cross. Oh, my word. Right. I think that's a sign. There isn't really much else to talk about because nobody came out to interrupt him. He had a strong match with Finn Balor. I want to know my thoughts on that match with Finn Balor. I did do a review of a stand and deliver with Joey G uh, last week, so you can go watch that. But, yeah, I, I thought it was a decent opening promo to set the scene for his entire era. It's one of, yeah, it's one of those promos which, again, it's just, this is my era. And what came with it as well is he's the first person to come out with the new, slightly altered NXT logo as well. It's a bit more shiny, it's a bit more golden, and it's got a skull with the aztec wings on it as well. But personally, I like the slight adjustments that NXT kind of does with this little thing. Like nothing super crazy in terms of the changing, but it's enough to signify this is a new era. And Kevin Cross coming out as the first guy with that image as well, you do associate like this is his era now. Good stuff. Uh, speaking of new champions, it was a running theme in this show where the new champions would come out and you'd get a little momentum carrier over for them, or at least attempted <laughs> when we get to the Cruiserweight match. But the new NXT Tag Team Champions, MSK, came out to face Dane and Maverick for a little showcase match. Uh, the new champions, when I say weirdly booed, it's, oh, this is. The NXT really is back. <laughs> Where a minority of people were, apparently just a few on the front row, were booing the faces in MSK, which is meant to be like, these are the big baby face heroes, and for some reason they're getting booed by a small collective on the front row. When I suddenly remembered, this is exactly what happened when it was just normal at full sale. <laughs> just a small group of the fans just always cheered the heels and booed the faces, uh, no matter what, pretty much. <laughs> and this is like, ah, oh, yeah, it just happens to be a bit vocal. Which made the feeling of the match a bit weird. Uh, it, again, it's nice to have fans back, just in some capacity. It really does add to it, even if there's still piping in crowd noises on top of it. There is that atmosphere. It really does add to it. A a fought for victory for the uh, Shrek uh, against the Shrek and Donkey big little opponents <laughs> for our champions. Uh, Killian, the difficult man to overcome. 
but Drake's always there as the steed you can trust to lose momentum. <laughs> the uh, change coming after Dane went to powerbomb Maverick onto Carter, Wes Lee dragging the, uh, the Irishman out of the way. So dragging the man out of the way, so the Irishman powerbombed <laughs> Maverick just onto the mat. He just powerbombed his teammate. At two on one, out he went, and soon after Drake was hit with that running blockbuster move that they do. And uh, yeah, they got a win. Uh, Dayton and Maverick were then left in the ring for Imperium to attack them and send a message with a, uh, a wee beatdown message to Killian Dane. Uh, they have interacted in the past. And they've got the history of Alexander Wolf and Dane, where they were both insanity together. Which, so when I look at NXT today, it just hits me. It's like, oh, yeah, that was a stable that existed. Uh, and it hit me later as well when uh, the uh, the way we're doing their promo about we are the best intergender stable that's ever been in NXT. And I was like, has there been any others? <laughs> just thought, oh yeah, Sanity. Oh yeah, they were a thing. Uh, they, uh, they, they were an interesting act in NXT and they went to the main roster and you can't even say died. They were just never used. <laughs> and they disappeared. Oh, that was a weird, weird time. Uh, I would say NXT call-ups aren't that bad, as in... We went through an entire era where NXT calls would happen to like spike a rating or something or inject interest, but there were never any plans for them, so they just disappeared. It happened with Bianca Belair last year. I'd say this year at least the NXT call-ups that have happened, uh, they've been used. Of course, like I'm a bit worried about Damian Priest, what's just happened like this past week? Like, as soon as Bad Buddy's gone, he loses. Uh, I, I don't really, uh, I don't really know where they're going with that. But uh, at least there's at least it's being used. I mean that was a massive thing with NXT call-ups. They just weren't being used. Uh, yeah. Anyway, on to the rest of the show. Robert Stone beef. Uh, we uh, are going. We're actually moving to the match. Uh, Jesse Kamea versus Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes Martinez wants to get paid for the work that she did teaming with Aaliyah the other week, and Robert Stone hasn't given her money. So gonna fight Jesse Kamea. Also, before this match, we got a uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole fancy recap, uh, plus the extra footage of Cole getting loaded into an ambulance and them both arguing and shouting at each other as they're both taken into the hospital. Uh, extremely cartoony, but I'm I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> so uh, Jesse Camille was joined by Robert Stone and Aaliyah to take on Mercedes Martinez. Like, really, it's a match to make sure we're all fully aware Martinez ain't in no workings with Robert. Uh, Kamea, with her post-injury cow sleeve, could could not move away to victory. Uh, that's, a, that's a tired joke. <laughs> Martinez holding up Stone against the barricade to get her money afterwards. And uh, immediately going to the commentary and calling out Raquel Gonzalez as well. Yes, please. Um, says Martinez set with direction, making so many friends. <laughs> but just like eyeing the one thing. As in, she's going for gold, she's making it blatant, and on her way, she's not making friends with anybody. Ah, so, oh, yes, just, she dodged a bullet <laughs> to say that she was off that initial group just brought into the retribution angle. Got herself out of it, and now she's at a point where she's a hot commodity in NXT, got momentum. Uh, look at me, AM. <laughs> it's just, as in, the, the female uh, competitor that didn't get out of retribution. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh well, oh well. Anyway, uh, we, something I really liked as well was a Swerve's promo from, from in the lab, from in his studio. Yeah, at TakeOver, he proved he just is a star. And after tonight, he and Leon will be done. Uh, yeah, this, this little promo was great. So full of character. And I was a bit critical of the turn when it happened. But like, really, it's, it's that normal WWE issue 
where it's even in NXT, they often don't know how to write baby faces to make them that interesting, especially if they're like lower down the card. They just become people who do moves. But Swerve turning heel, he has got so much character. <laughs> He's been able to actually become a character. And um, it's, it's a normal thing where he maybe just heel on his debut, but the likelihood is he could turn face later. But he is a guy full of character right now. And I'm generally looking forward to see where they go with it after this angle. Now, he's, now that he's won his angle with Leon Ruff, an angle, well, actually, no, he he said he won it after tonight, after beating him, but Leon Ruff has attacked him later. Like, no, it's not the end. It's not the end. We'll get to it. We'll get to that. But yes, thumbs up on that promo. Absolutely full of character. And I think both guys are set for the future of NXT, like Bronson Reed is as well. They've got a great crop of guys. It's just a what is NXT's kind of hierarchy going to be like? like as it's, it's, it's adjusting. But obviously, over time, I'll slowly get used to like main roster guys or people who have been there forever still being there. Of course, we've got so used to that cycle. But now that they're like there and it's an established NXT talent like Johnny Gargano, like, I guess, Finn Balor, like uh, Tommaso Ciampa, in a way, Timothy Thatcher, I don't see moving up either. Like, there's a whole group of guys who are like like NXT talent. Um, but what about the guys like Bronson Reed, Reed like Swerve? who are improving as time goes on, will they get to any opportunity at the top of the card? Or is that talent always kind of just like going to be there in a way? Uh, I feel like they set up Cross's era pretty well so far, where it was a, a lot of this show was about that new talent and that celebration of it. Uh, so you got it. Anyway, speaking of, we then got the Cruiserweight Champion, Santos Escobar, issuing an open challenge out of pure cockiness after winning the ladder match at TakeOver Night 2, and the man who accepts is Kushida. And immediately, Kushida is in wrestling trunks. <laughs> you know, that man means business when he puts the effort on to take off his jeans. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, see you in the next Twitch stream, Sam. I'll be live tomorrow. And, um, yeah, Kushida was in the match itself was getting near falls, and he was getting so near, he turned Vic Joseph into a southern bell. <laughs> was like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> it's made me laugh so much. Um, Escobar unable to string long runs of offence together like he usually does instead stuck in exchanges and counters in a uh, complete surprise Escobar's attempt at the Phantom Driver led to a sequence of roll-ups and Kushida ended up scoring a three for the win and new Cruiserweight Champion Kushida is crowned Escobar irate as he got caught and uh, afterwards as well Kushida was congratulated by Jordan Devlin who uh, gives him the word to hold on to that title tight uh, yeah, a genuine surprise. A, a bit of a laugh on Twitter as Kushida left New Japan for wrestling to escape the kind of junior kind of name around him and try and become a star in the West, and or at least challenge himself in the West. And immediately he's now in NXT as a cruiserweight champion, having not debuted on the roster two years later. <laughs> There's a bit of a joke there, but like, I'm excited to see Kushida as champion. If that means we get to see more matches from him, and if the cruiserweight championship is used. Like as a way to give uh, somebody who wasn't really getting much time to give them character, get them time on the TV. It, like like Santos Escobar now, he easily can move up the card. Like easily. He could go for the North American Championship, he could try his hand at the main event. He's had that mini feud with Karrion Cross that could very easily transition to the guy now that he's champion. Like there's stuff to work with there. And uh, like if it's used as a prop to get a character on TV, get them time, develop their character don't see any harm in it don't see any harm in it yeah of course it's that same issue of 
champion of what division, especially if you don't watch 205 Live. My, my thing is with 205 Live, like who's got the time for it? Like, I don't watch NXT UK, I don't have time for that. Obviously, main event. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah, raw. And I don't even, I don't watch um, SmackDown most weeks. I've said it before, like, sometimes I've missed AEW, especially when it was NXT, AEW in the same day. I review NXT. Sometimes I didn't have time to watch four hours of wrestling in a day, so AEW gets pushed to the weekend. Then the weekend happens, and sometimes you're just not able to. But, uh, yeah. It's, I don't have time to do a live. I'm never going to. Uh, like AEW Dark as well, I very rarely tune into that. Just because I don't have the time. <laughs> I really just don't. Uh, but, yeah, still. I'm all for the Cruiserweight Championship being used as a prop to get somebody time to be on TV and get them catching in the process. I feel like that's what I want for Kushida. They've really struggled to find a reason to feature him even though it looks like they really do want to. So this title means you've suddenly got a massive reason to. That's if it's used like it was during Escobarsman. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Thatcher and Champa cut a little promo. Uh, they're focusing on becoming a tag team and they've got MSK in their sights. Uh, they had, yeah, Champa coming off a really hot match with Walter. Many rated it as their favourite from the week. Of WrestleMania, personally, I know personally, I I didn't take in pure match quality as my favourite match of the week. I'm not somebody where it's like purely based on the the technicals of how fantastic that uh, the uh, technical abilities of that and the arc of that story was. Like, but I'd probably go with Sasha Banks Bianca Belair for me out of the entire weekend because there it's the entire kind of presentation of it is more than just how technically good it was type of thing or <laughs> and they did an absolutely amazing job with everything about it and of course it's heightened by the spectacle of WrestleMania. Uh, yeah anyway that's my little piece that's my little piece but Walter for me Walter versus Champa was the best NXT match from that week and then it's up there against the WrestleMania stuff anyway uh, I've talked about the Raquel Gonzalez segment that came next uh, Pete Dunn uh, he had a little promo as well Refo he's refocusing on gold he wants his gold <laughs> uh, also after that Saray uh, VTR played she'll be debuting next week and it's packed full of William Regal putting her over massively <laughs> so, uh, they're hyping it up as a massive deal that they've got Saray likening her to the latest in the line of Asuka Kairi Sane Io Shirai now it's Saray and uh, so, like, quite often in terms of Io Shirai leaving because it feels like, what is there left for her to do? But she could be in that Baszler situation where after she loses the title, just disappears for a bit, comes back, has a little thing, and then eventually goes to the main roster. If that's the plan for her, who knows? <laughs> that's what I mean by what is the current situation with NXT. Like, well, how do the call-ups happen? Um, we'll, we'll see in this current stage. Uh, also, Roderick Strong. So I, I saw quite a few news outlets use this as their like lead piece uh, for the NXT show. I was just like, you know what? For me, NXT as a whole, I feel like, is like the um, story I kind of wanted to go with. Is that amazing celebration of NXT. And it's like, we're finally on Tuesdays. It's finally happened. This is the first one. And Roderick Strong entered the arena with his wife, Marina Shafia, and went to William Regal's office and handed in his notice of resignation. William Regal just accepting it, saying we may have had problems in the past in the Undisputed Era thing, but the way that you're doing this right now... Uh, I have a ton of respect for you, and uh, best of luck. Out he goes. Door is still wide open. And personally, I think this is an absolutely fantastic kind of reaction to Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, as in they are so blind. They showed it in the uh, with them getting taken to the ambulance. They are so absolutely blinded by their own rage for each other 
that they are completely blind to what's happening to their supposed friend in Roderick Strong. Who's had a complete kind of shutdown and is and he's handed in his notice to leave NXT. Wouldn't be surprised if when O'Reilly or Adam Cole returned, they had no idea that their supposed best friend had done that. Maybe you can use Bobby Fish as a character tool to just try and get into them about it. I don't know, there's, there's possibilities from this. There's possibilities. Um, yeah, I've not heard anything about this being legit. <laughs> but in terms of like the kayfabe world, like, treat it, like, obviously treat it as real for a bit. See what happens. See what happens. <laughs> Leave it a while. Have the characters react to it. And you don't even have to do it next week. As in, they're not going to react. Bobby Fish isn't there. Yeah, so leave it. If Bobby Fish isn't there, who's there to react to it? Uh, after that, we got Leon Ruff versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. And after their brawlings in multi-mans the past weeks, the two got a one-on-one just to have at it. Ruff building momentum, flying high, and reversing plenty at times. But Swerve was also like continuously getting shots in. Back and forth, commentary saying there have been so many reversals in this match, who on earth is going to win it? Uh, but in the end, our baddie was able to capitalise on a corner charge and follow up with a drive to pin the lad. And uh, like Kurt Swerve, constantly saying, after this we're done. But in a backstage interview after the break, Ruff attacked the man with aggression. Uh, these two are benefiting so much from this rivalry. So much character from both lads. And I like that the match was so incredibly back and forth, both of them hitting big blows. And in the end, Swerve was just the one who was able to capitalise off a reversal the most to get that win. Yeah, I this feud has been so beneficial for both guys. They've both just been just been injected with so much character. Like you can see it happening with Swerve when he was feuding with Jay Catless. But this one with Leon Ruff really has added to it, and Ruff has been able to escape the character he had against Johnny Gargano, which was just Small guy getting lucky, winning matches every now like with pure luck. <laughs> like, is it is he actually talented or is he a bit more of a joke wrestler? That's just seemingly failing upwards <laughs> in a way. But this is like giving him actual character, actual aggression. You believe that he could beat somebody with his current character, and his attack on Swerve was that really, really, really sent that home for me. Uh, just attacking him. Uh, making sure he's down uh, with this ruthless aggression. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, really into it. I think, yeah, this this feud's going to do both guys a lot of good. And I'm really interested, I'm really excited to see them and then go up the card. Uh, Swerve's uh, performance at TakeOver as well, a massive kind of part of that as well, uh, going from the start into the final two. So yeah, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff building new guys. Uh, Zoe Stark, speaking of new talent, <laughs> being put over really incredibly well over time. Uh, Zoe Stark, all chipper at being an NXT star when Mercedes Martinez uh, continues to make more friends, <laughs> comes in, belittles her, out she pops. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if we get that match next week. I don't think they got announced or so, but it's a, again, uh, Zoe Stark seems to be wrestling whoever is going for the championship stuff so that she can then get beaten. Uh, yeah. Uh, interestingly, on the dark match, or was it the uh, pre-show, sorry, for one of the takeover nights, I want to say night one, Zoe Stark beat Tony Storm. In what I would call a massive surprise and a kind of a going against the norm of what Story Starts book has been so far. But she's continuously wrestling the top guys. Eventually she's going to take a couple of scalps. And Tony Storm in the pre-show was one of them. Will she take a scalp off and say Martinez? Uh, probably not. We could get Martinez ready for that main event. And speaking of main events, we are already at the mixed eight-person tag main event for this night. And it's kind of what I meant. 
there's a lot of things that happened on the show, but I haven't really got much commentary for them because it did feel like that just nice little celebration. It's not really a lot on me for me to go into. So this was the Way versus Dexter Loomis, Bronson Reed, Shotzi Blackheart, and Ember Moon in an eight-person mixed tag. Like a really fun main event, catching in on takeover happenings. A, a dynamic match of like a dynamic match that I don't think we've seen ever before in WWE. Like a genuine half and half intergender stable in a mixed tag match. I don't think we've had anything like it. I can't even picture NXT having a two men, two women stable. I can't even, I don't even think they've ever had that. Uh, Candice cons- constantly having to save Indy from her swelling heart for Loomis because that shit ain't healthy. <laughs> a, a great spot as LeRae went to crossbody Reed but ended up just bumping off him. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, shots coming in from every angle as the match broke down. Uh, intergender wrestling sneaking in through the chaos. Personally, a really smart way uh, to keep testing the waters with that. Indy saving Johnny by pretending to need Loomis's help, only for Austin to charge in. Hartwell then launched Theory over the top rope to the outside before laying right back down on the mat, right back to pretending to need help from her Prince Charming, who did take her out of the match and just went up the ramp and she's kind of winking at the camera like, Oi! and then pretends to be, ugh, again. <laughs> so she goes in there. Uh, yeah. Indy... Indy was like saving Johnny by pretending to need that help. <laughs> and off she goes. Off she goes. Uh, both teams then down to three people. <laughs> um, the baddies having two men and a woman. So it's like one man and two women. And the goodies having... I, I can't believe... Yeah, one woman and two men. <laughs> Jesus, I can't figure stuff out. Uh, but, but Johnny always has a plan to figure it out. Uh, but... With them down to do that, there was an amazing colossal eclipse off of Reed's shoulders. That was a fantastic spot, taking down Theory. Theory was pretty much down for the rest of the match. Johnny always had a plan, though. Uh, but it didn't work out on this occasion. Austin out from the eclipse. It, it just became a game of, like, could the way stop Reed from then splashing on down to him? Uh, Johnny tried it, didn't work. Uh, LeVay tried it, didn't work for her either. She ended up being taken into the electric chair by Shotzi Blackheart just dropped face forward onto Austin Theory then nope no stopping Reed Tsunami <laughs> the show going off air with Reed holding his teammates high on his colossal shoulders a really fun main event I found this was like a perfect way to cap off the show like the debut on Tuesdays and it was just a fun celebration of I guess recent happenings in NXT and especially TakeOver that feeling of this is Wrestlemania week let's just revel in it for a bit that was really felt in NXT. And like my comment for more was if they didn't have the screenshots from WrestleMania, if they didn't have those bits, you wouldn't have known it was a Raw after Mania. This you 100% knew. I guess the Charlotte Flair promo. But you felt it throughout the show here. It's like they, we've just come off of WrestleMania week. We've just had our big takeover. And it was felt all over this show. And it's, it's the perfect after Mania show, or after takeover show this was. To set you up down the road, have people really make their claim as the top guys, send messages for the new era that they are in. But again, nothing crazy. Hence why I've finished within like 20 minutes. <laughs> it has, well, it's been half an hour, but still, there's not really that much to comment on. They built up, they, yeah, they built up uh, so well before TakeOver, but this was just a celebration afterwards. And next week, things will likely kick into proper gear. Again, characters like Mercedes Martinez, like making statements of I'm going to be doing this 
type of thing, uh, rather than attacking them and going, I'm the one contender now. It's like, no, I'm going to go after the championship. But she never talked to Gonzalez. I really, really like that. The only person who did talk to Gonzalez was a debuting uh, uh, wrestler in Frankie Monet. Uh, and her awesome doggo. <laughs> awesome doggo. He's so happy. All the time. It's so fluffy. Anyway, that's going to end the review. There's gem- like, quite possibly the shortest review I've done, but it's pure positivity. And yeah, yeah it's, it's just it's purely because, like with Modern Night Raw, I had so much to moan about. <laughs> Let's just watch NXT and just enjoy it. Was it the best NXT I've ever seen? No, but it was completely solid and the perfect show to put on on the week of WrestleMania. It wasn't your look at our massive uh, Tuesday debut. Let's throw everything at the wall. It wasn't that. It was the show you would want from NXT following WrestleMania week. It was exactly that show. Continued that good feeling. And the Chaotic main event was just pure fun. Which again, in terms of uh, carrying over that enjoyable WrestleMania aura and feeling, that's the exact kind of main event you want. So, all the applause in the world. NXT, absolutely solid. A enjoyable romp. <laughs> How I put it. Uh, anyway, that is the end of the review. And Sleepy Me finally gets to go to sleep. I'll be live next Tuesday with the Raw review as normal. Uh, one day I'll be able to do uh, Smackdown. That still isn't the day. Uh, but eventually, eventually it'll happen. Uh, but there, with that, I say thank you for watching, liking, engaging in any form whatsoever. You can follow me on Twitter at the TheDamnImpleCat. Uh, as I was saying to uh, Sam the Best in the comments earlier, I'll be streaming on Twitch. I have been streaming at Twitch at the Implications with the second S. Uh, I think I'll be live there tomorrow. I think I'm dying a lot on Fall Guys. We'll wait and see. And my plan's now to sleep. WrestleMania week is over. I don't review... If someone else reviews AEW, <laughs> I, I don't have to do that. I can go to sleep. And I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, there's wrestling every day in terms of viewership. The wrestling never ends. And that is also why I'm go- I've had to move the show earlier as well. Uh, because with me going live at midnight, the likelihood is I'd run every now and then into the show when, it go- when they go live at 1am my time. Or like... That- that's 7 slash 8 EST. So it makes sense to me. Uh, so I've had to pull it earlier. Hence why I'm likely going to be going live at 6 Eastern Time slash 11pm GMT uh, every other week, every week now. Uh, maybe a bit earlier when I'm getting guests on, different people. Uh, but that's the, uh, that's that's that, yeah. Uh, also, I guested last night on the, well, on today's Keeping It Strong Style podcast, uh, a New, New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. If you want to hear me talk to uh, Jeremy Donovan about uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything I need to plug. I think, if, yeah. Now, wrestling headlines you can uh, follow them on Twitter at Russell Headlines. So that's the uh, Vessel without an E. Also on Facebook with the wrestling headlines. Numbers on that in terms of followers seems to be jumping up, which is fantastic to see. Uh, also, do yeah, subscribe, hit the bell, anything, whatever you do here on the YouTube. Uh, any engagement in terms of the podcast as well. Uh, any form of review really does help us. And with that, what did you make of NXT? Did you enjoy WrestleMania weekend? Were you like me? We just really high on this episode and just. You were perfectly fine with a perfectly enjoyable NXT with a really fun main event. Uh, what do you make of the new champions of Frankie Monet's debut? Anything. I'm always happy to chat. And with that, I bid you adieu. Good night and adios. Ten.